Good morning and welcome to episode 52 of the Jaguar Report podcast. My name's Gus. I'm joined by my co-host, John Shipley. John, happy holidays. Today's a big holiday, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the fiance. Happy birthday to Sarah. Oh, there we go. Getting a podcast shout out. Yeah, you know, it's every day is a special day, I guess. <laughs> that is, that is trademarked. And, yeah, <laughs> that's that's the ad read for the week. No, it's... Hey, I, I'm proud of us, man. We made it to a second Friday podcast. I mean, that, hey. you know, I mean, who who would have guessed? Who would have thought? I, 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 I would have thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Episode fifty-two. You know, like I said, we're going two days, two days a week now. You know, one week, one day reviewing the previous game. The next day, previewing the upcoming game. This week, it's a big one, guess. Mm, it is a big one. We got a division rival, division round rematch, and a week ten rematch from last year. Jags went zero and two against the Chiefs last year. They play Kansas City in Jacksonville this time around. Uh, but Lawrence is zero and two against Patrick Mahomes in his career from both those games last year. Andy Reid, or excuse me, Doug Peterson is zero and three in his career against Andy Reid. So. We'll see if like the tides will be able to turn a little bit now that the game will be in Jacksonville. And I think last I checked, there was like a seventy-five percent chance of rain. So, yeah, I'm, from what I saw in the forecast, I think it's supposed to rain like probably like at the end of the game, like fourth quarter-ish or so. Okay. I mean, last year, you know, twenty-seven to seventeen in Week Ten, twenty-seven to twenty in the divisional round, they weren't getting blown out. You know, obviously by Kansas City, they were hanging with them. But you look back and you're like, you know. How the offense not, you know, score more points in those games? But we'll obviously talk about all that. But I mean, it, it's week two. We like in the grand scheme of things, week two games like just they, they play out. They play don't matter. You know, like September football games in the NFL. Like, yeah, everybody wants to get off to a hot start. It'll pay off later in the year in terms of the playoff race and everything. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's what you do in November and December, and obviously January is more important than what you do in September and October. But Right. It still feels like it has a big game feel to it. Yeah, I mean, Doug said, like, pretty much the same thing. Like, he keeps asking, like, oh, like, does this – do you guys have, like, the roster to compete? And, like, how do you feel about your chances and this and that? And he keeps being, like, heavy side. Like, look, it's a, it's a long year. Like, injuries are a really big deal. And he did say this week, though, like, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. So, like, regardless of what happens with this game, like he said that Coach Reed's teams always finish strong, uh, like – not just in September, but like especially like closer to the playoffs is like when they really turn it on. So I think he knows that even though this is a very big week two game, like it's not going to decide the season for either of these two teams. Uh, it, with that said, though, with that said, though, it is a very big game. It kind of feels like when New England came in 2018, doesn't it? Yeah, that was also week two, right? In a season opener. I want to say it was week three. Hmm. Okay. I'm not going to look it up. No, it's not important because <laughs> obviously yeah. things completely imploded after that game. I was going to say that one was interesting because they like kind of crossed the barrier or whatever, or like kind of did the thing by beating the Patriots early in the year. So then it was like, okay, they like did show what they were supposed to show and that they're like a legit team. Uh, but then that kind of crumpled in the rest of the year. It, it, like, that was, I think, one of the biggest, like, failures, like, the Doug Marone head coach and tenor was 
he let them make that their Super Bowl. <laughs> like, you just you can't do that, dude. Like, week three, you can't put all your energy, like, and all your emotion into a week three game and then just be burnt out after. Like, they basically, like, it, thank God they were, you know, for them that they were playing the Jets and Sam Darnold next week because they were just zombie walking through the next, you know, games and obviously went on to have a terrible season. Gus, the offense versus Chiefs defense. Yeah. I'll just start there. I mean, just – Overall, what are some things that you're really, you know, going to be looking for? Uh, I think the first thing for me is just like Chris Jones and him coming back and how many snaps he's going to play, how many, how effective he's going to play in the snaps that he does play. Because like, A, he's a superstar player and arguably the best defensive tackle in the league, not named Aaron Donald. And B, the Jaguars' offensive weaknesses in the interior of their offensive line, like, the tackles aren't a sure thing quite yet as they're still kind of like getting some experience, but I have more overall confidence in like the outside tackles than the center in both guard spots, especially with Sheriff going down with the ankle sprain in the season opener last week. And then like DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart just kind of like were able to control the interior for most of the game. And the Jaguars did have like a pretty good, success rate and they were able to like kind of like keep the ball moving on first and second down to like get into better second and third down situations so it's not like they were like getting completely stuffed on every run play and like trevor was getting pressure in his face um like from the interior every other snap but it's just like if there's one weakness on the jaguars offense it's probably their interior offensive line so chris jones is like the big thing i'm watching for on the kansas city defense but for the jacksonville offense like Calvin Ridley, because we've talked about him so much. But I think it's interesting that he had seven of his eight catches last week in the first half and then was pretty quiet afterwards. So, like, I almost wonder what, if the Jaguars were kind of, like, saving some stuff for week two or if, like, that's a little bit foolish to think. But I don't know. I think, like, Calvin Ridley, the connection between Lawrence and Ridley is going to take this team as far as I can, and that includes this week against the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I think the big thing with Chris Jones is obviously how much he plays is to be determined. You know, we talked about Nick Bosa, how much he played last week. You know, it, it, it seems like Jones will at least play like a decent amount of snaps this week, just from what people in Kansas City are saying. And what interests me the most about facing Chris Jones isn't just like that potential mismatch on the interior, which obviously, you know, it, even if the Jaguars at full strength, you know, it's still advantage Jones because like you said, it's like, Aaron Arnold, then Chris Jones, and then, you know, every other defensive tackle in the world right now. So, but the thing about Chris Jones that I think makes him so difficult is like there are a lot of edge defenders who can play inside, outside. There's not a lot of like interior guys who can legitimately be a dangerous pass rusher, both inside and outside. Right. Again, it's like him and Aaron Donald, you know, like he can legitimately line up like in a wide nine yeah. and still you know, be a top-tier pass rusher. He, 268 of his 915 snaps last year were either at left or right defensive end. So that's, you know, over a quarter of his snaps were spent on the edge. So while, yeah, it's a mismatch for the guys inside, I think you're also going to see some of him against Walker Little. He gave Walker some trouble in last year's playoffs. And then some of him against Anton Harrison. So I think when you're facing Chris Jones, that's the biggest thing you have to account for is they can literally line him up over – and he like they can pick who they want to pick like pick on on the offensive line basically because he can line up anywhere. Yeah, I mean I think just like the movement in general and like the schematic part of it is also noteworthy just because like 
Spagnolia for the Chiefs defensive coordinator usually saves his best stuff for kind of the end of the season and especially the postseason. But like, man, he's one of the best in the league at uh, getting after the quarterback on third and longs. So being able to kind of like control that interior and like, again, get into opportunistic second and third down situations is key for the Jaguars offense. Because if they just get into a handful of like third and eights and third and nines, then I mean, the Jaguars struggled a little bit against Spagnuolo's uh, blitzes last playoff for sure, and then a little bit in Week Ten. Uh, so, just like staying ahead of the sticks is going to be pretty key in terms of just like combating both Chris Jones and Steve Spagnuolo. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you also you you mentioned Calvin Ridley, the big week he had last week. It it like felt like going into halftime. You know, everybody was saying, "Okay, just keep." Feeding Ridley the ball, offense yeah. fine. They stopped doing that completely. Kind of went through an entire lull, really, in the third quarter. I mean, just knowing what we know about their passing attack, what the Chiefs have on defense, obviously, Legereus needs a good cornerback. Trent McDuffie, you know, he lines up inside, outside. He's a really talented corner. Do you feel like this is a Calvin Ridley week? I mean, do you think Christian Kirk, you know, starts to get it on the action? I mean, which skill guy do you think, at least in the passing game, will be a focus this week? I would say I think it's going to be Calvin Ridley week every week. Um, So outside of Calvin Ridley, I would say Evan Engram is going to be the guy that I'm looking at most this week. (laughs) (laughs) He's your guy too? Yeah, took my bit. That's good. Maybe it's a bad thing. (laughs) He'll he'll blow the dead. (laughs) But I think uh, the Chiefs are like as well equipped as any team in the league to like handle a slot mismatch weapon like Christian Kirk. Uh, Kirk had two like pretty solid games against the Chiefs last year, but those were also just like two games where he was the lead receiver for a team that was like had a good chance to beat the Chiefs. And it was against like a rookie cornerback in a lot of cases. Yeah, that's him. So, like, I, I don't necessarily think it's a Kirk week. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a Zay week based on the usage that he's getting. Like, he's out there for almost every route and every snap. Uh, so, like, I th- I think like any week could turn into a Zay Jones week just because he's usually going to get like the weaker outside matchup. Uh, but, like, I have the most confidence in Evan Engram being able to take advantage of Kansas City's tight ends. And, like, we've talked a little bit about the Jaguars getting heavier with their personnel in terms of, like, using 12 and 13 and two and three tight end sets more often. Uh, I think it was interesting. Last week I saw a decent amount of two tight end sets that had Luke Farrell and Brenton Strange, where I would have expected it to mostly be Engram and Luke Farrell. So I, I think maybe, like, we see a little bit more of Engram on those heavy personnel and then, like, try to get Engram out in space against, like, heavier base packages is yeah. what, I, what I'm kind of predicting for this week. That's a good point. And, you know, that's something, you know, moving forward, you know, that continues to trend, you know, whether, you know, that's because they want to save Ingram for passing downs because he runs the most routes on tight ends. I, I don't know. That That's a good thing to follow. Gus, what would you guess? Okay, don't look anything up. Okay. Evan Ingram played two games against the Chiefs last year, right? Yeah. What would you guess his stat line was in those two games combined? Give me targets, catches, yards, touchdowns. 11 targets for eight catches, and 80 yards, 90 yards, and a, zero touchdowns. Okay. He had 10 targets, eight catches, 45 yards and zero touchdowns. 
Oh, wow. So I was kind of spot on, but just like half the yards. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know like why my mind is warped, and I thought like he killed the Chiefs last year. Yeah, no, I because I was trying He's to pick. There's not a touchdown. I can't remember a touchdown because there wasn't one that happened. I remember like one in the divisional round, one like third down where they just like did the, the same mesh play. They spammed over and over, and the Chiefs didn't cover them. <laughs> I was like, everybody in the stadium knew that's the play they were doing. But yeah, yeah, Ingram is still my pick too. I just, I, I don't know. I, he had one of the best yards per route ran last week. I, I know he only really had the one big play, but he's obviously like a focal point of their offense, like in general. It, like it, it feels like any week where he gets fewer than five targets is more of an anomaly than anything. Mm-hmm. So I think like last week against the Colts is probably like a solid like floor type performance for him. You know, like yeah. five targets, a handful of catches. He'll get his design shot. So I, I, I think so too. I, I said earlier in the week in my mailbag, I didn't think this was going to be a Kirk week either. I mean, the, the Chiefs, you look at their defense, they're stronger in the middle than they are on the outside. You know, like yeah. the, the matchup advantages like they were last week will be on the outside for Calvin Ridley, you know, Zay Jones, even Evan Ingram, if you want to split him out there. So uh, I, I'm with you. I definitely think that this is an Ingram or Ridley week, and people will once again ask uh, next week, you know, What's going on with Kirk? Which I don't think anything's going on. It's just, you know, just the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. I mean, the whole receiver room is, like, pretty cool this offseason about being, like, none of us care about stats at all. Like, we just care about winning. So, like, now that's kind of happening. So, it's not like anyone else should be caring about their stats. Yeah. yeah. Now it's actually happening. So, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, the other guy I think is prime for – a big week. I think a bigger week than any of the pass catchers maybe is ETN. I mean, I, I just – I feel like if there's any player on the Jaguars, like, offensive roster outside of Ridley, who's a mismatch for pretty much every team that yeah. doesn't have, like, a Sauce Gardner or a Patrick Sartan whatever, I think it's ETN, man. I, I just I, – I, I don't think the Chiefs have the speed in the front seven to run with him. Like, like Nick Bolton's on the field. That's an angle. I had his name in my head when I was thinking about Ingram, too. So, like, yeah, I was thinking about whether, like, it's going to be a tank week or an ETN week. But it's, like, like you said about Calvin, it's, like, it's never not really going to be an ETN week. Like, Bigsby will get his a little bit, especially in the red zone. Like, the Jaguars only had two, I think, three red zone carries last week uh, and one of them was the Lawrence run and then the other two were Bigsby so that's a pretty tiny sample size but even if Bigsby still like continues to quote unquote dominate the red zone snaps like it's very much ETN's backfield I agree with you that like I think Kansas City matches up like well against the Jaguars offense and some asset some facets but not in terms of like matching ETN speed uh I'm sure there'll be like trying to shut down perimeter runs as much as possible, kind of like the Colts were last week and just trying to funnel everything inside to Chris Jones and Nick Bolton and more of their interior defenders. But yeah, like he had 18, 18 carries last week and he averaged ETN 14.7 during his starts last year. And like, I don't know, the Jaguars were also losing at one point in the third quarter. So it's pretty easy to see him getting like, 20, 20 touches a decent amount of weeks, and I I think this could be a week for that. It was clear he was the workhorse. Like Tank, other than the short yard situations, either came in like for a snap here and there to give ETN a breather, 
or he like the only possession that was like a tank drive was the one where they went three and out with three straight tank Bigsby runs. So that that, 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 was, that was like the one that was like right after a turnover, right? Yeah. So sure. that was clearly just a like, hey, like look, we still trust your rookie. Like we still to- love you. Yeah. So ETN last year against the Colts, 21 carries, 107 yards, and a touchdown. He went 10 for 62 for a touchdown in the playoffs. Caught six, all six of his targets against them in both games. So they obviously got him involved a little bit in the screen game. It was interesting in the playoffs. He only played 26 snaps in that game. He only played 43 percent yeah. of the snaps, and it felt like a lot of it was like game script, like. They were in passing, like they basically abandoned the running game, you know, like halfway through the game. And Joe Michael Hasty was their passing like down back last year. Like they just clearly trusted him more as a pass protector. With him now inactive and you know, the number four back, I'm interested to see, you know, do they lean on ETN, you know, more against this team if they have to start coming out and firing? And then I guess that's my next question for you. Just based on, you know what we know about this offense, what we know, what they need to work on, the kinks that we saw last week. Do you think they have the ability and the firepower to keep up with the Chiefs if this turns into a shootout? Yes, but that's almost like – that. my answer is like more based on the Kansas City offense than the Jacksonville offense because, like, honestly, like at this point in time from like today to Sunday, just like in, just in week two, I feel like the Jaguars offense is like – has more potential just because we haven't seen Travis Kelsey play this year and he's seems likely to play on Sunday, but isn't like for sure. So even if he does play, it's kind of a similar question with Chris Jones is like, how effective is he really going to be? And then like we saw in the season opener on Thursday night football, like Kadarius Tony, as much as he eviscerated the Jaguars last year, he looked pretty brutal uh, in week one for the chiefs this year. And then like, Sky Moore clearly isn't, like, the guy that they want him to be. I do like Rasheed Rice, but, like, he's going to be playing in a second NFL game on Sunday. So, like, I maybe I'm wrong, but, like, there, like people are asking, like, players in the locker room this week, like, oh, do you expect it to be, like, a shootout, and are you, like, excited about that? Like, I don't know. I don't think it would be a low-scoring game, but I'm not expecting it to, like, get into the 30s either, honestly. Yeah, I think like, 20, like 20s to 20s. Right, yeah. Just because, like, Mahomes, since, like, the Super Bowl loss to the Bucks, like, kind of, like, learned his lesson of, like, playing less backyard football and just, like, taking check downs, checking easy completions, basically just taking what the defense is giving him. Um, so then now that, like, results in maybe not as many, like, shootouts as when he had Tyree kill and was, like, launching it deep. But the Chiefs are, like, a more efficient and effective offense, even if they're not putting up 30 every week now. Uh, but the Jaguars are kind of doing something similar where Lawrence kind of has learned the same lesson, I think, where he spent the first year or two of his career, like testing NFL windows, seeing like what he could and couldn't get away with. And then starting after the Broncos game last year, he was like really doing a good job of just taking what the defense gives them, which is just so much easier said than done. Uh, but I like, that would be a pretty cool just like matchup this week is like, obviously we have two, elite quarterbacks and Patrick Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence facing off, but they're both just like so difficult to defend because they always just take what the defense gives them. And so like seeing like which one of them like makes a mistake first kind of will be interesting to see. Did did you see that tweet yesterday where dude was like uh, if the NFL banned too high safety defense, it'd be oh a better my. product. <laughs> 
as a what are we talking about Kansas here? City Chiefs tweet? Yeah, that is. I, I, I'm with you. I think I think it's more likely, you know, for the game, like you said, to be the 20s to 20s, just because the Chiefs weapons outside of Kelsey, they're like they're straight up bad. Like yeah. Scott Moore to me was such a weird evaluation. Like people, like fans, were legit tweet at me, like to take him in the second and stuff. And I know he ended up going in the second, but like he has one like the smallest catch radiuses in football. Like <laughs> there's only so much you can do with that guy. Like he literally, like you saw it in the fourth and 25 last week when he couldn't catch it. Like you literally just could not get that bo- dude, the ball downfield. Like, that was some of the best highlight of the season. So dude, far. yeah, <laughs> man, <laughs> like he, he gives you literally zero like room for error as a receiver. So I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm with you. I, I do think it'll probably be closer to that. We'll be right back. Cover up the defense after this ad break. I guess we talked about the offense. Now we're on to the defense. How many sacks, Juwan, right now, Juwan Taylor versus Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker? How many sacks do the Jags get against their old friend? How many sacks do the Jags get in total or specifically against Juwan Taylor? Specifically against Juwan Taylor. Zero counts as an answer. Yeah, let's hear it. I, I'm, I, come on, let's put Zero. your feet to the fire. Zero? <laughs> Zero? I mean, this because this is like partly a Patrick Mahomes question because yeah. he's I'm still also getting out pressure. Uh, but like, Jawan is good. And like, I don't know, the whole thing, like, apparently the NFL refs are going to like be shutting down the early jump start, even though he's been doing it his entire career. Like, he plays one game for the Chiefs, and now the NFL is changing its rules. All right. I guess I want, I want you to get the board out, get, get the notes out, get the notes out. Okay. okay. There will be zero uptick in penalties against Jawan Taylor and other offensive tackles. They sit the memo, whatever, and stuff to referees. I don't think it'll actually be called, and they're just doing this to appease people after Chris Collinsworth lost his crap. Yeah, I I agree with you in general, but I kind of feel like I'm expecting just like one single call on Jawan to be like, okay, like we checked that box, like we did it, he's been warned, like now like, I don't know. Doesn't I happen. Wouldn't be surprised either if there was zero penalties, but like just personally, yeah. I kind of think it'd be funny if there was like one penalty and then like he just kept doing it throughout the game and then they didn't penalize him again. <laughs> it, 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 it's funny because like he's coming back to a place where he literally did that like more anywhere else, but now he has to do it with crowd noise. And that, like I saw him do an interview yesterday, and he made a good point. Like it's literally just being comfortable with the quarterback's cadence. Like he knows when he's going to say hike and when the ball's going to be hiked. And, Stuff like that. So, I mean, overall, you know, Jaguars pass rush versus the Chiefs offensive line. I mean, how do you feel about that matchup? Because I know, you know, obviously, Allen and Walker combined, you know, for eight pressures, four sacks, four tackles for loss. Good game, you know, especially on paper. But, you know, if you look at a lot of, like, pass protection metrics and stuff, the Colts were one of the best teams last week. So, yeah, I think a lot of that had to do with the offense the Colts were playing. Yeah. But also, it didn't feel like the Jags, like, were having some dominant pass rush. And, like, the – I feel like any time that, like, Richardson, like, didn't throw to us – because I feel like a lot of, like, Richardson plays were, like, first read, maybe a second read, check down or scramble. So, they, like, had a pretty basic playbook for him in week one, as you kind of alluded to. And, like, I feel like any time that he – like didn't get to his check down or start scrambling pretty quickly and like held onto the ball, like just for a second too long, then like pressure was coming. And so it was just like, 
that didn't really happen a lot because a lot of times he did just either throw his first read or get out a check down or a scramble. But fair. Uh, I kind of think that like the Chiefs' offensive line is almost opposite of the Jags, where like their strength is in the interior because they've got like three basically Pro Bowl players up front. Or did Creed Humphrey get injured, or am I thinking of someone else? I don't believe so. Okay, so the I center. Think, is I haven't healthy. seen him on the injury report. Uh, but like, Jawan is good. But like not as good as like the three guys in the interior are, as in the interior are because uh, right guard Trey Smith was a pro bowler in his rookie season two years ago, I believe. Um, and then Creed Humphrey is a center and he's like a top five center in the league. And then you got Joe Tooney at left guard, who is when he went to Kansas City became the highest paid guard in football. And at this point, he's still one of the higher paid guards and one of the best guards. But then at left tackle, like, are you starting Donovan Smith? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Josh Allen, step right up. Let's see. Let's yeah. see what you worked on from last year. Like he looked so good in Week One and like was like a true, truly like effective on every single snap, or just like had good down to down consistency. And that's what he said he wanted to work on this year was just like being more consistent because we've seen plenty of flashes through his first four seasons. So if Josh Allen can put together like a full good game, like he did in week one this week against the chiefs and against like the weakest link of their offensive line, which is probably Donovan Smith at left tackle. Then yeah. I think that's kind of the key for the Jaguars. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I think that's like the mismatch for the Jaguars right there is Donovan Smith at left tackle. Like, it, Donovan Smith has had a really good NFL career, but I can literally remember watching him at Penn State and being like, how is this dude going to start <laughs> I left tackle in the NFL? And it's finally, you know, the chickens have come home to roost. Yeah. Like, after a decade plus as a <laughs> champion left tackle. You've been waiting right. this whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And I think, like, a big thing, you know, for the Jaguars, too, can be that they can almost make the Chiefs, you know, one-dimensional in a way because – I mean, you, you look at the Chiefs running game, you know, obviously, you know, they have former first-round pick in CEH. They have Isaiah Pacheco, but they finished 27th in rushing success rate, you know, last week. You know, there, there's only, you know, the Bengals, Texans, Colts, Raiders, and Saints were, you know, less efficient on a down-to-down basis than they were as a running team. I think if the Jaguars can do like they did with the Colts last week and kind of just shut them down on early downs and, force them into these obvious passing situations. That's where you can kind of hope the defense can start to make plays because like you said, obviously it's still, it, it sounds funny, like force Patrick Mahomes to pass. Doesn't really sound like a, a strategy, but force Sky Moore to make a play is kind of another way to say it. Right. Like Mahomes will be like, get the first down pretty much every time. But like, it's just like, a game of inches or like a game of like a couple of plays when you play the chiefs, like you need a couple of small things to go your way. So like, yeah, it would be great if they could hold them to a 19% success rate on the ground, like they did to the Colts last week. Um, but like, if you just get Mahomes into like enough third and longs, then like there's a chance he completes all of them. Cause it's Mahomes, but like there's a better chance that like, there's like an incompletion to sky Moore or like uh, Josh Allen does end up beating Donovan Smith on the edge and like forces Mahomes to throw it before he wants to, et cetera, et cetera. So just like trying to get into those third and long situations, I agree, is pretty key to I hope you get away with one or two stops. Yeah, absolutely. And like I 
I just I don't think the Chiefs have the juice at running back. You know, like they kind of like the Colts last week. Like obviously they have a better running back room than whatever the hell the Colts trotted out <laughs> in Week One, but it's still like they just they don't have a guy who, in my opinion, is really like going to scare you. Like if like let Isaiah Pacheco, you know, like try to beat you is basically how I see it. I mean, Pacheco kind of beat the Jaguars in the divisional round last year, though. Did he? I mean, him and Henny combined. That one ninety-eight year drive or whatever, though, like that, like I would say Pacheco did more having lifting than Henny did. Yeah, what a good run. Yeah, Maybe like I, I'm not saying like I'm like he scares me or you anything like that, but like I would say he's like a tier above Evan Hole for the Colts. You love him. He's your guy. <laughs> I do like Pacheco. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's fun. He reminds me of Adrian Peterson, like with like the head bob, but obviously uh, he's really close to. But- Put put it on the board. The Jaguars are playing Jim Brown this weekend. <laughs> All right. But uh, no, I mean, I, again, I agree that like no one scares me, but like Pacheco yeah. is like was clearly like what they were looking for, and just like keep turning those legs. Like he's like their version of like Tank Bigsby, just like get the yards that they want in between the tackles when it's a little bit tough sledding because like their first round pick Travis Etienne slash Ceh is more of a outside guy. How much better is he than Alex Madison? Slightly. Madison's not good. No, he's not. He sucks. Ne- neither of them are. Yeah. It feels like it's offenses that just want their running backs to be, like, acceptable. You know? <laughs> like, like, don't be the worst player on the field. And I I, 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 I get what you're putting down. I, get, so, I, I, I guess my view more so is, like, if he's beating them, then. It just like the defense one either isn't good or two, it's not their day or three, a combination of both. Yeah. Or like maybe like you're letting Pacheco beat you because you're like uh, having more resources in the secondary and kind of like bringing guys out of the box just because you're so scared of Mahomes. But that would be a little bit of an interesting strategy because again, like it doesn't sound like forcing Mahomes to pass is a good strategy, but it could be. I One scheme thing I wanted to mention though is like, like I mentioned the heavier tight end packages with the Jaguars like a lot of where they get that from is from the Chiefs like the Chiefs eviscerated the league last year out of 13 personnel because they would have Kelsey and then two other tight ends and then when the defense came out in a light light package with a lot of defensive backs they would just run Pacheco like straight down their throat and then whenever the defense came out with like a bunch of linebackers to match the tight ends then you've got Kelsey plus like these I mean, Blake Bell is just a blocker. But Kelsey and Noah Gray are both like, yeah. good enough like athletes, especially Kelsey, obviously, to like take advantage of those mismatches. Uh, so like last year, like Mahomes averaged like 13 yards per attempt on like 13 personnel plays. And like the league average, I think, is like usually five or something because it's usually just like a dump off to the fullback or something or to like the blocking tight end. Um, so like for both sides of the ball, for both offenses, I'm looking at like – when the offense gets multiple tight ends onto the field, like whether they're running or passing and like how successful they are out of it. I think the Jaguars also like to go back to the Jags offense for a second, it seemed like they ran a lot out of 12 personnel. Yeah. Like, like again, you didn't really see Engram on a lot of those snaps. So specifically I'll be interested to see like if Engram gets in on those heavier personnels and they pass more out of those. Yeah, good. It, it did kind of seem like they were telegraphing their hand last week when they came out with a heavy formation. That, okay, we're not going to like throw out this, you know, like we're the baseball last week. They just ran out of it. It seemed like 
because I, I know you and I talked about it individually some earlier in the week, but like the book on Patrick Mahomes, like now is like don't blitz him, try to you know play too high, have as many guys in coverage as you can, force him to beat you that way. Mike Caldwell's like entire like philosophy on defense is literally the exact opposite. Yeah, you, know, you saw like a ton of exotic blitzes last week against Anthony Richardson, but when you go back and look at it. They, it didn't seem like that was their strategy, you know, against the Chiefs last year was the blitz. It seemed like they kind of did what the rest of the league did and tried to at least keep everything in front of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, like, like, I was talking to you a little bit earlier this week that I think last year the Jaguars tried to, like, mix up what they were doing on the back end and the coverages more so than they did in the front end. Um, but, like, like, going back to, like, Brady, like, it was always like, oh, the book to beat Brady is like have an awesome four man rush and then like sound coverage. It's like, yeah, like that's just like a perfect NFL defense, though. It's like that's it's what good everyone, to have a defensive line. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what everyone wants. Like that's why the Jets and the Cowboys and the Niners are like the top three defenses in the league is because they have like insane four man pass rushes and like yeah, they can do other stuff out of it. But uh, so like this week, I think we'll see a lot of like four man rushes from Mike Caldwell and trying to, like, just have more numbers in the back. But I think one, like, kind of twist that you'll see is sending pressures and simulated pressures as opposed to just, like, the four down linemen are just, like, getting up and going and rushing the passer. Because, like, what they did a couple times last week in a decent amount last offseason was have those, like, double double A mug looks where, like, both middle linebackers were basically, like, lined up over the center. And essentially, even if it's not, like, double A mug, you just like have a bunch of people up on the line of scrimmage so that the offense is like, all right, well, there's like eight different people who could be rushing the passer here. And we got to like kind of sort out which one it could be. And then the Jaguars will end up like dropping some linebackers, maybe like a Josh Allen or a Trayvon Walker too. Uh, and so they'll still end up bringing four and having seven in coverage, but it's just like coming from different angles. So I think that's where you can kind of see where you might see like, Mike Caldwell's philosophy of like attacking from different angles matched up with like the correct philosophy of don't send too many pass rushers at Mahomes. Cause if you only got four or five people in coverage, then like he's going to mess you up. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's definitely like the key thing is trying to minimize like the damage. It almost feels like with Mahomes, like teams are kind of like waving like the white flag like you know they're like we're, we're gonna try to get him down but we're not gonna go all out and if we can't sack him a ton of times and you know like i said just kind of keep everything in front of you i'm totally. i'm interested in, in trayvon you know we talked about early in the week like how many snaps he's playing he played 85 percent last week i asked mike caldwell about it yesterday yeah, that was good. he said he's a young guy and the thing about <laughs> young guys they start to learn how to take care of their body he went through the last season everybody talks about how long the season is well, it's long when you haven't been through it before. Once you're through it, now you understand how to take care of yourself, prepare for it. He's a young, strong guy, and he'll be up for the test. Put him out there and let him go, i.e. he will continue to play about 85% of the snaps. So, <laughs> Jamal Walker's going to be tired Sunday, man. He's, he's literally going to be chasing Patrick Mahomes for hours and hours and hours. It's Literally. Who, who do you think is, like, defensively the biggest key for them this game? I, I for me, I think it's one of either Devin Lloyd or Andre Sisko for very different reasons. Like, it felt like last year Andy Reid, like, really put, like, the bullseye on Devin Lloyd. Like, a lot of their big plays were specifically, like, schemed. Okay, let's pick on this guy. Yeah. And 
Lloyd didn't have a lot of moments like that last week, but he was also playing like, you know, a rookie quarterback in his first start in a gimmick offense mm-hmm. compared to, you know, and the best, you know, arguably the best play caller of a generation and, you know, the best quarterback in the NFL. So I'm interested in that. And then also, I mean, Andre Cisco, like we, we've already, you know, gushed about his play against the Colts, but if they are going to stop Travis Kelsey and stop like the Chiefs, like intermediate game, I think it's kind of starts and ends with Cisco's performance. Yeah, I I totally agree with the Cisco point, but like 33 is like without a doubt the player that I'm watching this game. I didn't watch him a ton against the Colts, but like someone asked me, you know, like comment under my Cisco video tweet, like how do you think Lloyd did? And I was like, well, he had a target on his back last year against the Chiefs, and just based on what little I saw in week one, like I don't think that will change. The thing is like especially week 10 against the Chiefs last year, it's not like the Chiefs were like, okay, like, let's try to, like, move Lloyd this way so that we can, like, get a play going this way. It was just like, no, we're going – we're coming straight at you, dude, and we dare you to stop us. It's like when an offense, like, does an outside run at a cornerback and they're like, we're just daring this cornerback to tackle. It's like they were just – the Chiefs were just daring Devin Lloyd to make a play. And we'll we'll see in week two because, like, I, I I would be surprised if like that wasn't the Chiefs' plan at least to start the game is like to test Lloyd and see like whether or not he's still kind of like the soft spot on the defense and then if he's not then we'll see what like the next step is um, but if he is then like you can kind of expect the Chiefs to run towards his side for running and pass towards most his side for most of the game. Yeah, I mean the Chiefs game is what got Devin Lloyd benched last year. I mean you look at. Chad yeah. Wilmot's snap counts last year, and it's a bunch of like 2%, 4%, 5%. And you get the week 10 against the Chiefs, 40% that week, 100% the next week, and then 76% the next week. So, like, that, like that's the game that they were, like, finally, like, all right, like, get off the field, sit down, decompress, and we'll reexamine it after because it, it definitely, you know, last, last year, he was definitely the target. So, I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, really how that goes because they just it's not even as simple as you know okay for like have your you know your best inside linebacker take care of it because i mean for is not like the kind of linebacker who's like just gonna run with kelsey like he like, he's not you know last week was a great for game and like teams like the colts that's like where you're gonna see for you you love that man it was a great for game <laughs> wasn't it yeah i mean it just i think that like Games like that where you're going to see them shine. You see games like this one where they have, like, strong pass catchers in the middle. Like, I, 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 I that's where they need Devin Lloyd to take that step in until he does. But it's we'll what he's looking for, too. It's like they, they want him to be this guy who can, like, use his pterodactyl arms to, like, shut down passing lanes and then be able to, like, use some of that athleticism off the edge in, like, bliss packages. And so it'll be interesting to see, like, with those, like, four-man creeper simulated pressure rushes, like, maybe we'll see Lloyd get one or two opportunities to rush the passer because maybe he did last week, but I don't remember off the top of my head, like, him or even, like, a safety or a cornerback kind of coming off the edge. Yeah, Lloyd um, Lloyd blitzed, like, six or seven times. I think they were almost all, like, right up the gut. Almost all what? Like, right up the gut. Yeah. Like, right up the middle. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It'll it'll definitely be one to watch, and th- this really feels like like out of the first four games, like the week, like dang, you know, it's it, 
for them, like it must sting not to have Joel, like Devon Hamilton this week. You know, like he yeah. just it, you look like like well their interior line to the Colts last week, and you're like, damn dude, they they're not they don't even have their arguably the best player out there, and they're able to you know kind of dominate the running game. Once they add him back, I think they'll just take that defense to another level. And this really feels like the game right now where it's like. Dang, it's, it's really sucks for them not to have you know not to have him out of their first four games. Gus, we will be right back after this ad break to give our predictions. All right, Gus, prediction time. We both okay. went one, we both went one and zero last week with our game prediction. We also got some props. Why don't you kick us off? Okay, I'll go. Hmm, I'm trying to decide if I want Ridley receiving yards or receptions. Do you see? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you mine. I got the over 51 and a half. I bet the mortgage on the over. Okay. okay. Calvin Ridley, 70 and a half receiving yards. I got over. Okay. Yeah. I, I think he's going to get near 100, if not more than that, smashed at. Okay. Patrick Mahomes, 298.5 passing yards. Over because I think I'm gonna throw it like 45 times. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Come on, don't 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 look at me like that. Like it's surprising to think Patrick Mahomes will throw for 300 yards and then Evan Ingram 40 and a half receiving yards over. I like all of those. Like, yeah, because I was thinking Ridley yards and or Ridley something and then Ingram something. Uh, look at that, Gary anytime touchdown scorer. <laughs> That's gonna be mine. <laughs> Justin Watson touchdown. Well, I know you love the player so much. I'm gonna say Darius Tony anytime touchdown scorer. It's a long shot, so you can't. I no one can get mad if I'm wrong. But I did predict Calvin Ridley first touchdown scorer last week, so we'll see how high I can get. It pisses me off so much because I'm so right. And <laughs> everybody knows I'm right, and I know I'm right. Yeah. And then just at the worst, and probably like they're facing the damn Jaguars. Yeah, that's when he'll have his. Yeah. You know, Impressive play of the season. I, he no, he has he has the best thirty yard performances of any receiver in recent NFL history. I'll give you that. I I think for Tony, it's definitely one of those cases where it's, where it's like, yeah, we we gave him a decent amount of like trade capital for him, so like we're not gonna like have him be a non-existent part of the offense anytime soon. What they give up for him? I want to say it was a second, but maybe it was a third. There's no way it was a second, even a third, man. Yeah. Yikes! Thank you. I mean, he would he would not still be with the Jaguars if they drafted him. I, I could say that with supreme confidence. Even if he is like not a good football player, he's like easily the most explosive guy. And so, like for that reason, he'll keep getting run too. Like they they still have MVS, even though McCole Harmon was like their best deep threat. So Tony is like less of like a true burner deep threat, but like I feel like Tony is like still better equipped to do like all of their orbit motion BS than like. Sky Moore is so. I, I think you'll like continue to see like snaps yeah, and like just based on y- your take on him and then what he did against the Jaguars last poor, year. Poor Andy Reid, dude. So I want to draw this up for Kadarius Tony or Sky Moore. Yeah, <laughs> hey, that is dude. Yeah. All right. Give me before we get into game predictions. You have any hot takes about the game? I'll go ahead and give you one. Chris Jones zero sacks. Put it on the board. Book it. Okay. Let me write it down. Chris Jones, zero sacks. If he gets 10 pressures and zero sacks, I will not be added. <laughs> the, the predict the hot take is sacks. I, 
I don't care if he pressures Trevor Lawrence and never drop back. If he doesn't bring him down, I'm smart. Okay, and then you also have Engram, Ridley, and Mahomes all over their respective yards and over 51.5 points. I'm less invested in those points, but yes. Yeah, that's fair. Because we did say we'll be in like in the 20s probably. So I get yeah. what you mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was I was thinking Engram and Ridley coming into it. I'll add the Kadarius Tony thing. Anytime touchdown score. Yeah, you're mad at me for, for being bulky bold. That's the Tony thing. Maybe. That's the Tony thing. By the way, the poll, 91 to 9. How nine people voted for that hack job of a poll, I'm not I'm sure. sure. I'm sure they're all pity votes, or at least that's what I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, well, I'm still, I believe, 4-0 in polls against you. You'll you'll win one. We'll, we'll do a poll where it's like babies or tuberculosis, and – you can have the babies. These if you lose that one, I got nothing for you. Crazy. It's if you lose that one, I got nothing for you. I've put up with so much stuff. Yeah. I, I got several texts from people saying <laughs> they, they love the bulky ball. They, they love it. They, they, they love your fight against my lack of logic. So <laughs> Okay. Well, that's good that the people like it. But I guess I mean, I'll have people pick for this week. I, my hot take is just that the Jaguars went out, right? I think my favorite like bet is Jaguars money line. I think the Chiefs are a better team if this if like the same circumstances with Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey and then like it being in Jacksonville and all if it was like week 19 and this was an important game, game. I would pick the Chiefs, but yeah. like again, like Lawrence is 0-2 against Mahomes. Peterson is 0-3 against Reed. Both games last year were in Kansas City. This one's in Jacksonville. Their two best non-Mahomes players are, like, kind of, like, questionable to play. So, like, I just feel like everything is kind of going in the Jaguars' favor for this specific week. And I can already see the headlines next week. They're going to be so annoying. It's like the the Chiefs 0-2, they're in trouble, Super Bowl hangover. And then, like, for the Jags, it's like, there's been plenty of national analysts and media like kind of hopping on the bandwagon being like, ooh, Trevor Lawrence could be sneaky MVP, trying to get like their little like Jags piece of property. And then like if the Jags when the Jags win this week, oh man, it's gonna they're gonna be a they're gonna be a national favorite and it'll be it'll be fun to see people hop on the bandwagon, I suppose. I I, I got Jags 30, Chiefs 27 for the same reason you said like if this was like for lack of a better term, important game. <laughs> I think the Chiefs would win, but it, it's week two. Uh, the the Chiefs, I think, can be the rare team where zero and two doesn't really matter. They can literally rattle off like thirteen wins in a row. Yeah, you know, like because that's why I was saying like the zero and two Super Bowl hangover headlines for next week would yeah. be annoying is because they won't matter because the Chiefs are so good. Yeah, so I'm I'm with you. Guess you got anything else? Dang boy, if you predicted the Jags to win too, I feel like I gotta come up with another hot take. But I, I don't want to force it. I'll just I'll make You'll sure I get prepared it. next week. Exactly. Yeah, two well, shows this week. That's crazy. That's wild, man. Two Ooh. shows. Hey, we did it. We yeah. did it. <laughs> Nobody, specifically me, thought we could or would. Mm-hmm. But we did. Exactly. Just goes to show you what a tiny little bit of work ethic will get you. You think? Uh... Someone asked me, like, what will Peterson do differently, like, this game to get a win? And I was like, I don't – like, he already tried an onside kick last year. What's he going to do differently? Like, the only thing different is that Lawrence can throw to number zero now. Yeah. <laughs> but I was trying to think of, like – I don't know. 
thinking of a hot take of like Doug throws the first coach's challenge, but I don't even know. It's just like Calvin Ridley, like now's the time to like announce yourself. That was a sick sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Doug Peterson throws the first coach's challenge. That was a sick sentence. Yeah, I know. No, it's terrible. I agree. It's like I was just trying to think of a hot take, but yeah. um, Work on that. We're going to work on that. All right. Okay. Oh no no no! I thought because I knew I knew I had one in my head that was Calvin Ridley, Calvin uh, Ridley, it, offensive player of the year. Okay. I okay. have real money on it too. I don't know if yeah. I should say that, but I mean, he's gonna he's okay. Let me let me adjust my hot take. Calvin Ridley will earn offensive player of the year votes. Is that hot enough? Slightly cooler, but still hot. Still hot. Still hot. Really hot. Still hot. Still hot. I mean, Jalen Hurts has to start out too hot. Justin Jefferson, I know he's played well, but he hasn't like caught a touchdown. I I can see it. I can see it. Thank th- thank you for bringing the heat, Gus. We yeah. appreciate it. We were cold. Yeah, I knew I had to. I wasn't just gonna let this yeah. podcast simmer out. Exactly. We were cold, and you warmed us right up. Uh, that would be my last Calvin Ridley thing, though, because we've just been doing so many like Calvin Ridley is good predictions. Next week, I'm gonna have a hot take that he's gonna break every receiving record the league has, but. That was, that was the other one I was thinking of is like he's gonna break every franchise receiving record. I don't yeah. even know what they are, but like if he like knock on wood, health is the only thing standing in his way. That's yeah, it. yeah, hundred percent. And if he even has like an ingrown hair, they I feel like they will like take all precautions. Like mm-hmm. they know he's he's there. He's their guy. Yeah, yeah. So all right, uh, so I got out my I got the hot takes out. I think we're good. Anything else? No. Got off your chest? Well, uh, I'll talk to you on Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon. Yes, sir. Tuesday afternoon. Thank you guys for joining us, and we will be back.